that was kind of another light bulb moment where I need like, I want a lot more capital reserves and I want to be in a much stronger cash position so I don't have to feel like, okay, hey, if I'm out six months because the bank say something, like I can just sit there and not feel you know, stressed about that. (laughs) Cause that was a very stressful time for me. You know, I was dipping into credit cards and stuff just to kind of keep our flips going, our rehabs going, all these other things moving. Cause I'm like, dude, we got all this stuff. Like we got to keep moving, you know, no matter what's going on, like we got to keep moving. Welcome to the On Fire Podcast, episode 33. With your hosts, Matt and Kellen. In the On Fire Podcast, we discuss financial independence, real estate investing, frugality, minimalism, and retiring early. But before we jump into today's episode, we need to talk about ratings and reviews. If you guys didn't know, this is essentially my digital currency. I know everyone's crazy about Bitcoin, but all we want from you guys is a written review on whatever platform you're listening to this on and a five-star rating. I'm so glad to finally get Mitch Pater on the podcast. We've been in contact for years and watching him scale his portfolio and business has been both inspiring and entertaining. The energy he brings on social media is contagious. He does everything from wholesaling and flipping to Airbnb and long-term rentals. Yeah, I love Mitch's story as well as just even how he originally got connected with us. So again, this is just the power of social media and putting yourself out there in your story. But I can remember Mitch coming to, I think it was originally OREC 2018, an event we held here in Ontario, Canada. And he literally came from the US to Canada just to get to meet us because he'd met us online originally. So again, just the power of social media. And in today's episode, I love how he shares how he's been able to build his lifestyle. But enough chatting, let's hear a quick word from our sponsors and dive into the interview. This episode is sponsored by the Findlay Mortgage Team. The Findlay Team was born out of the idea that through exceptional service and expert advice, they can create a world of more accessible capital for their clients. As real estate capital advisors, their mission is to assist investors in strategically scaling their portfolios. They understand the struggle that investors face and how difficult it can be to scale once the banks say no. Their experts find alternative solutions by leveraging institutional and private capital stacks, strong networks, and competitive products, allowing them to offer an industry-leading service that is unparalleled in the Canadian real estate market. All right. So today's guest is Mitch Pater. Mitch is a good friend of ours in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he's doing everything. He's flipping houses, Airbnb, wholesaling. He's recently started up scaling up multifamily properties. Mitch has a particular focus on building a business in every sense of the word. So you can spend your time working on your business rather than in your business. It's an ongoing effort and a work in progress for all of us. So welcome to the show, Mitch Pater. Hey, thank you. I love that introduction. And it is a work in progress. That is for sure. Um, (laughs) But thank you for having me. And I appreciate you guys having me on. I've been fans of you guys for, gosh, it's as long as it goes back to like, I think some of Matt's videos. So I appreciate all the content that you guys put out and just the positive messages and the strategies. And yeah, so thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you on the uh, show, Mitch. And so I'm sure we'll dive more into this later, but if you could give us a brief summary of the last year and kind of what it's looked like for you. Yeah, the last year has been a year of growth. It's funny because I look at like my Facebook memories, you know, and it shows like the pictures of a year ago and a year ago at this time, I was starting my flipping journey really had no intentions of growing that business side of it, but I wanted to have more of an active income in our business because by nature, I'm a buy and hold investor, like a lot of us, but I have, this is the only thing that I do now. 
So I have to have some active income coming in to, <laughs> to support all the other moving parts. So we were doing a flip, uh, someone brought me a deal actually, and I don't partner that much, but they brought me the deal. We put our funds together and basically flipped the property. And then I bought a couple more rentals this time last year and then Corona hit. And at that time I couldn't refinance out because I'm very keen on the burr strategy. So we're running our rehabs, we're renting them out. And then at the last phase, I'm stuck. The banks are saying, no, we don't know what's going on. And I'm like, shoot, man, this is not a good position to be in. So, you know, I mean, we were able to get through that, but that was kind of another light bulb moment where I need, like, I want a lot more capital reserves and I want to be in, in a much stronger cash position so I don't have to feel like, okay, hey, if I'm out six months because the bank says something, like I can just sit there and not feel, you know, stressed about that. Because <laughs> that was a very stressful time for me. You know, I was dipping into credit cards and stuff just to kind of keep our flips going, our rehabs going, all these other things moving. Because I'm like, dude, we got all this stuff. Like we got to keep moving, you know, no matter what's going on, like we got to keep moving. So anyways, that led me into flipping a lot more. Now we're flipping, you know, three, four, five houses a month. And that income now is just being set aside for other opportunities. And, you know, we're really trying to scale up into bigger multifamily assets and, you know, self-storage and kind of a, a whole different thing. But to answer your question, it went from dabbling in flipping to being like, this is my full-time job. And then, you know, we cherry pick and kind of keep the best rentals in this in the residential world to keep those. And then now our focus or at least our vision is trying to get into some of the bigger stuff. You know, the to me, it's a lot of the most important things. And the reason I got into real estate was, you know, kind of that passive income, quote unquote, that we all are after. Well, that, there's nothing passive about residential. I mean... There is and there isn't, you know. So to me, that the juice that comes from, you know, the squeezing of residential, that portfolio wasn't worth me continuing to go that direction. Now, like I said, we'll keep some of the best ones that do cash flow, that do refinance out in terms of the burst strategy. We do, we still want to acquire good assets in good areas, right? No, I'm not going to turn down on that, but our focus now needs to be on how do we go and play the bigger game to have a bigger outcome. And then, you know, have property management on site, have all these other structures and processes in place. So it's worth it, you know, in the next three to five years, I'm trying to get out of this kind of I'm not trying to flip forever, you know, so (laughs) that's kind of where uh, this year has progressed. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so like, obviously you've been doing quite a bit this last while. So if we rewind some years back, right when you got into the idea of financial independence and, uh, you know, real estate investing, can you walk us through your background and how you came to discover all of these concepts? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because I went to college for business, knew I was going to be in business in some fashion. I just love, I love business in general. And then Worked for many people. I was in retail. <laughs> I worked at Menards, actually. It's kind of funny. Worked in the door and window section. So I know all about those. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, then, uh, you know, I 
I was working a job and I was, I hated it, just hated it. It was for a drywall company. And I was like, what the heck, how do I get out of here? And my brother at the time was doing kind of like a nonprofit business. And he wanted to travel the United States and go visit all these nonprofit organizations. Well, he needed a videographer at that time. And I had, I always like loved GoPros and just, you know, kind of capturing the moment in certain things and all that stuff. Always just loved cameras and that type of thing. And he's like, could you figure out how to, you know, basically capture what we're doing and, you know, document this process. And I'm like, heck yeah. Like, you're going to tell me to hop in an RV with you and go around the country. Like I'm on board for that. Like I'll figure out whatever we got to do. So we bought a camera or he bought a camera and I kind of jumped in this RV with him and went around the country and I figured out how to like shoot video. And the guy, the guy that made our kind of promo video for this whole endeavor, what, you know, I saw the, the bill he sent us and I was like, dang, like, <laughs> like just think of this guy's doing three or four videos a month. Like, you know, there's a full-time job and, and some, you know, back then I was like, you know, I was just making whatever, you know, very minimum wage type money. So Anyways, along the whole trip, I'm trying to figure out how the heck can I come back from this trip and do video and and get out of this rat race type thing. Well, got back from the trip, kept with the video stuff, booked my first wedding. The first wedding that I did was like a hit. It like went not viral, but it it, it went, you know, throughout West Michigan. It was like, wow, this guy like produced some nice stuff. I was kind of doing something different than everyone else. I was like moving the camera around and doing like different different like things than your typical person. And I do that kind of like throughout everything that I do. I try to be a little bit different than, you know, what everyone else is doing. It's funny because I think when I originally, when we originally got connected, I was following you and you're, you were talking about real estate on your stories a little bit and we were DMing and, and stuff like that. But all of your posts were, you know, model shots and, and cinema, like well, not of you, but models and like, yeah. and like cinematography and all that kind of videography and weddings and really cool stuff. And I was like, this is neat, but like his stories do not align with what he's posting with on his, uh, on his feed. So it was kind of neat. Yeah. I think at one point along the lines, we were chatting and you're like, should I start up a different account? What should we do? Like, like, should I, you know, and then the end decision ended up being, you know what, you actually deleted or archived all of that and completely changed the direction of your Instagram account to be all in on real estate. And that's like, that's what it's been now for the last however long couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, exactly. It kind of, I kind of pivoted and, and to answer your question that you raised earlier was like, I, when I was doing video, I was really just trading my time for money again, you know, and I had read, you know, books enough to know that like, Hey, this isn't sustainable. This isn't a long-term play. I need to figure out a different Avenue. And that led me down like the financial freedom journey. And that's where I ran into Matt's YouTube videos and obviously connected with you a couple months later and just kind of you know, went down that path of like financial freedom. How do I get there? What do I need to do? You know, I'm not trying to shoot video until I'm 50. And so that, yeah, that just led me down that avenue and found real estate and knew that was my vehicle. And it, it is, I mean, it can be the vehicle for everyone, but like we mentioned earlier, it's, it's a grind too. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a grind. Yeah. yeah. And so I know we already touched upon 2020 Mitch, but when going into 2020, how were you expecting that year to shape up? And then as 2020 evolved, you know, how did it actually play out for you? And do you feel like 
did your goals evolve throughout 2020? Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I write down my goals like every morning and I keep all of them just for like, so I can go back and kind of look and yes, a hundred percent beginning of 2020 was acquisitions in terms of rentals. I just wanted to continue to build my rental portfolio. And then, like I said, it kind of hit that like Corona threw me a curveball, and I transitioned into flipping and wholesaling. And I'm, you know, and that's honestly kind of good that that happened because, you know, I can't keep, I can't just keep everything I look at. Like I gotta, I got had to learn to like, let go. I had to learn to be like, Hey man, like it's cool. You can buy rentals, but you also need an active side of the business. At least for me, I need that. So that's kind of how it changed throughout the year. And you had like, I mean, at some point along the lines, you had actually, you know, I remember you had gotten connected with a mentor in terms of, or a coach or whatever you want to call it in terms of uh, wholesaling and things like that. You know, how did that end up kind of changing your, changing your focus and stuff? I remember at one point along the lines, you had to come up with, you know, a logo for your wholesaling business and kind of generate an actual website and all this stuff so that, you know, people see you as a legitimate presence and they don't just get a letter from Joe who wants to buy your house, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think throughout everything I do, and I did this in the video business, I'm doing this now in the commercial space, like, it's important for me, and I know myself well enough that I need to be looking at the guy that's already done what I'm doing or trying to do. It'd be foolish for me to try and start a wholesale business and not knowing what the heck I'm doing. Why I'll just pay a little bit of money and get around someone that's already built what I want, you know? So for me, it's all about paying to expedite the process. So I don't have to sit there and burn rubber, burn time, money, energy, all these different things when I can just pay a fee and take the shortcut. (laughs) I mean, they say there's no shortcuts. I say bullshit. (laughs) So you can pay for that. And for me, that was huge. I learned so much so quickly with having just like, this is what you need to do in terms of how do you, yeah, how do you set up a business that is reputable in your area? How do you look and analyze properties, right? Like all that stuff would have took me the whole year to figure out. Mm -hmm. And now here I am at this different place and people are like, holy crap, how'd you get there so fast? Well, I paid for it. I just paid for the knowledge, you know, not just one person either. I'm, I'm looking around my sphere and saying, who do I trust? Who do I kind of bond with? Or I guess like who, if that person, do I resonate with them? If I do, well, then I'm more apt to like, say, Hey, like I'll invest into your, you know, education company. And, you know, I'm going to receive that back because I, I feel that connection. Yeah. And so do you mind elaborating Mitch on writing down your goals every day and just how you go about holding yourself accountable and whether you've got any tips or insights for the audience in regards to maybe best practices there? Yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's very redundant in a sense of I write down what I want as like my goals. So like there's a, there's a, there's a number that I have. And the reason I have that number is because it, it's a lifestyle the numbers supports the lifestyle. So I have a numbers goal. I have like kind of like my fitness goal and kind of like my family, like life, I guess. So there's things in that I know about myself that I I know I have to stay active in fitness. So I have a like, you know, I want to be at this weight. I want to feel good about myself. And then obviously the finances is something that I'm 
always going after. So basically what I'm doing in the morning is I'm just setting the stage mentally. So I'm saying, I want to make X, you know, 50 grand a month. Right. I, I want that because that's my dream lifestyle. I want to be in this shape because I feel good in that shape. I feel healthy. So I write kind of like what I want up top. I'm like looking at my sheet right now. <laughs> I write what I kind of want on this sheet. And then below that, I write what I have to do for the day. Now, those things can be very tedious, but they have to get done. So I, you know, today it's like send docs for eviction. I got my, I have an eviction going on or trying to. So there's things that I'm like, you know, I have to accomplish for the day. And then on the left side of that sheet, I have just date and time. And so I am scheduling or ballpark scheduling my day based on the things that I have to complete. So that's kind of the basic outline of that. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. What I do is I just have uh, priority one, two, and three on my to-do list. And I structure and I move things around based on their priority. And then I have a today list. And I try and get through that list of goals for that day. So everyone's got their methods. And I mean, you're self-motivated in a way that we don't often see. So like, you have an internal sense of accountability that, you know, clearly it keeps driving you to take on things that a lot of people wouldn't consider doing. So where do you think that internal motivation comes from? I don't imagine there's a lot of people in your life that are pushing you to be doing this. So it's coming from something. No, I, oh my gosh. You know what drives me more than anything is people like haters <laughs> and I don't have hardly any <laughs> of them. I, I'm like, I need some more because <laughs> those people light me up. But, but no, my motivation is always like, it's my goals. It's really like that dream lifestyle. It's like these things that I know I can get if I just keep going. So for me, it's all about, and that's why I write those down first, because that's going to set my mind to say, Hey, I know I can get here. I just have to keep doing this crap every day. And at some point it's going to, you know, and the reason why I keep them I keep all of them because I look back and if I look back, I got it sitting right next to me of January or it was December 29 and 19. It's like 10 K a month in rental income. Well, the cool thing about that is I hit that. So, so now it's like, now I want hundred K months, you know, it's like things evolve. If your mind is focused on them, like you, you just naturally will obtain them. If you wake up and do the consistent action over and over and over. Now, you know, I don't, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think if you don't have clarity, if you don't have a vision, you don't have, you know, it's going to be hard for you to wake up and be like, let's go, you know? <laughs> so I think it's like a, a clear vision on where you're trying to get to. Yeah. And so I know before this call, Mitch, Kellen and I were chatting and he mentioned that he believed your word for 2020 was focus. And we were curious what your word for 2021 was going to be. Yeah, it's scale. It's and now there's a like a like a whole list, a laundry list of what what that means. But one of them's like systems. You know, I need the the only way I can scale is if I have systems and people in place. So yeah, focus was 2020, and this year was scale. And I'm quickly learning. Like I'm asking my guys, I'm like, hey, if I go out and buy four houses right now, are we at that? are we going to be able to take care of those? And, you know, I'm doing four or five other ones like right now, like, no, we're not. So we need, we need better systems. We need people in the right seats, you know? So there's like scale sounds great, but holy crap, there's a process to do that. But yeah, the word scale this year. 
Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to be said for there's a big difference between buying a couple properties and building an actual business. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, we hear the word systems all the time, but I don't think people really know what goes into, you know, like the workflows and all the things that, you know, and like having things that you know your employees need to work on or hiring employees or hiring VAs or all of the things that go into actually running a business. It's a it's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've really enjoyed, you know, following along your social media journey. And, you know, I find that like the energy you put out is really great. So what is like, what is social media? What role has that played in your life and business? You know, in the video business, it was literally to kind of showcase your work, you know, and that's what I use that for. And I always use, I think it's important that people use social media with intention. It's one thing to put out content and like, try and help and do this and that. But I think you need in one, for me, it's like one intention. And that intention for me right now is to put out content that creates credibility around my business and myself. So we raise capital to help fund all the flips that we do. So part of raising capital is building trust with people, right? So the best way for me to do that is to showcase that I'm actually saying what I'm doing. And so you'll see before and afters on my my stuff. You're going to see me at the projects. You're going to see acquisitions that we're buying. Like This is showing that I'm active and actually doing what I'm saying. So I use social media to build trust with people. And I'm also doing it to be like, hey, I'm not like some Joe Blow. Like I'm trying to build a business and I want you to be a part of it. If you'd like, I'm offering opportunities to people to partner with us. And, and so it's, it's, I use it with intention. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And so like when you're doing all these flips and buy and holds, like when it comes to your, when it comes to your systems and structures for that stuff, how are you structuring those things? Like who's involved in a typical flip or buy and hold? Like who are the people involved in these processes? Yeah. So right now my team consists of one acquisitions manager. So basically helping me run leads, work leads and get contracts. And then we have our rehab team, which is made up of one guy that has three employees basically. And I've kind of brought him, he's not like, he's not under our business solely, but Basically, if I hand him a project and you know we we walk it together and he gives me numbers and as long as the numbers work out, we'll work together on that. And so I kind of have like I I guess kind of like a one full rehab team there, and then I got a couple guys that help me with like odds and ends and and rental requests and such. So that's the part that I'm stuck in right now, and I'm not stuck, but it's that's the hardest part right there is finding the right people to get into the right positions. Like right now I've, I've needed a like personal assistant slash lease leasing agent slash, you know, admin type work, but that's been my challenge right now. I mean, I got an ad out there right now and like a hundred resumes I got to go through. So yeah, work in progress there. So you'll need a, you'll need, you'll need to hire a hiring agent and then have them hire your, uh, hire your people. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, I'd pay for that right now. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've always, I've mentioned this phrase a lot of times, both in the podcast and elsewhere. I mean, it was something you always said, and it resonated well with me, the idea of being grateful, but never satisfied. How does a phrase like that drive you to act differently and, and approach life from a sense of somehow simultaneous gratitude and yet the drive for more? What is the thought process behind a phrase like that for you? 
it's something that I've just, I know that I have to be grateful because a lot of, a lot of times in life I'm not, and I'm like, holy crap, I gotta be, I have to almost step back and look like I'm very hungry. I'm very motivated. So that pushes me sometimes into places of feeling like, Hey, we're not going fast enough. We're not doing what we need to do. And really that's negative. And it should be like, Hey, let's realize, you know, that we've gotten to this spot, you know, farther than many people do in their entire lifetime, you know? And so I also have to like switch my mind to say, Hey, like, hold on, you've done well, like, you know, don't stop, but like, be grateful that you got here. Cause some people would trade my life for, you know, anything in the world. Right. They think that this whole thing is just so cool. And I, I get that because I was there and I'm not now in the middle of it, <laughs> but you know, the not don't be satisfied is because, Hey, I know I haven't hit my potential. I know I can do more. I know I can, I can hit those goals. And to me, that's what it's all about is reaching kind of that personal place of like, you know, what you're capable of, like that should be the goal. At least for me, that's, that's my goal is to fill or at least try to fulfill my, my potential. So, you know, I would feel very like, that's why I do. I, sometimes I do these random things like, Oh, I'm going to run a marathon. Like just because I'm trying to push myself to do these things that I know I can do them if I want to. And so be grateful. Yes. It puts your mind in it. You, you can't be grateful. And then also like, what's the other word? There's like a saying around this, but you can't be grateful. And then also like pessimistic, or I think that's it, right? You can't have a negative mind and also be grateful at the same time. So you're switching your mind from grateful as positive and also knowing that you can do more. So that's kind of like how I think about that. Yeah, that's great. And so you've mentioned a couple of times, Mitch, that you've got, you know, end goal or a lifestyle goal. Is there like a number? Is there like a data point you can share with us in regards to what that actually is? Yeah. So I think you were someone along the way is like, you know, you're doing all this, you're going, you're, you're obtaining and you're hitting things, you're hitting goals. What's kind of the end, you know, what's the end thing look like? What's the picture look like? And for me, that's a combination of things. It's having multiple houses, right? Like for whatever reason, I just, I want a house in Michigan. I want to have the flexibility to go to California. I want to have a lifestyle where I have the flexibility to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And that's probably like a lot of people, but that number for me, I kind of like backed into it. And that was like 50,000 a month passively is a number that I'm trying to get to. And that could be through rental income that could be through, you know, wholesaling where I'm not tied to it. Basically I want $50,000 a month coming in. And the reason is because that's going to fuel the the houses, the mortgages, the lifestyle. And then also the amount of maybe let's say, I, I think in there I built like, you know, five or $10,000 a month to, to give away, to give to someone that maybe not someone or like a, um, you know, a cause or something greater than, you know, me or whatever. Right. It's not just about me. It's like, can I build something to give back to people? you know, you see the things on Facebook of donating and stuff. Like I want to be able to just be like, yeah, here's 5,000 from Porchlight this year. And we'd support your endeavors to help people, you know, get back on their feet or whatever it is, you know? So that's that 50,000 
a month passively. Now I want to build right now. I'm, I mentioned the hundred K months. That's something that would allow me to have my dream lifestyle, but also keep the business growing. So that would kind of include that. So a hundred thousand dollar months, you know, 1.2 a year in flipping and wholesaling gives me the lifestyle. Now, can I get, get all that on passive? Oh boy. Pray for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, I mean, when you got that kind of coming in, you've got a significant business to manage for sure. And I imagine at that point, having some really, really great people on board would make a big difference. It's either going to be that, or maybe some combination of private lending or some other types of investments or whatever they may be. So it's not all necessarily coming from a business that, you know, at the end of the day, we always do have to kind of step back into to manage uh, from a high level, unless we're, unless we're Bill Gates. Uh, I think he's, uh, yeah. I think he's, he's fairly well stepped out of Microsoft at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump into the fire four. We asked the same four questions to all of our guests. First question is, what are you grateful for? Yeah, I'm grateful right now. I'm grateful for my health. A lot of people obviously right now are not doing so well. And so that makes it really apparent like I have I have my health I have my family you know my family's healthy right now for the most part everyone's healthy like very blessed for health and family question number two guilty pleasure or something that you can't live without oh man I like to travel I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure it's something I would like to do more of though and that's that's back to me trying to you know systematize things is I want to do a lot of things that I'm not doing right now uh, and that's, that's just kind of where it's the lifestyle, I guess, you know, being able to go and like, I was skydiving for a little bit and I got away from it because I'm trying to build the business. And so like to get back to just being like, I'm out guys. And the business is still moving upward is like, that should be on my goal list, you know? <laughs> so guilty of pleasure is just like, kind of like outdoor activities, doing things, that excite me. And I don't know, I'm kind of a thrill junkie to, uh, to a point too. So I like doing things like skydiving and snowboarding and that type of thing. And so I'm trying to get back to that. Awesome. Is there a frugality tip or efficiency tip or a life hack or anything that comes to mind that you'd want to share with the listeners? You know, in the beginning, it was for me, it was all about living rent free. So I've been house hacking for, <laughs> I don't even know the last like eight years. I still am which is crazy at some point we'll, we'll see I'm, soon. It's going to change hopefully, but yeah, I would say house hack house hacking is the best way just to stack up as much capital as you can to either go and grab that first flip, whatever you're doing, but house hacking is vital for me at least. Love it. Yeah. House hacking absolutely is one of the best ways to uh, get your financial house in order. Question number four that we ask everyone is what would the hero of your own movie do right now in your life? Oh man, he would, he would hire more people right now. I think he is that where that's what he would do to get me to that place of time, freedom of scale of, you know, being able to give back on a greater level. So that's kind of micro, but I think that's what he would do to hopefully get me to the next step. (laughs) Awesome. I love how you actually had an answer for that. A lot of people really get stuck on that question. So uh, it's good that you, you were able to kind of zoom into the third person there and uh, and come up with an answer pretty quick. He he probably would have hired a long time ago, but I'm <laughs> cheap. So it's like kind of a combination of things. <laughs> uh, but uh, You're rooting for him. We're rooting for yeah. him. 
All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Before we wrap up, we always like to get our guests to ask the audience a question. So what's a question that you'd like to ask the audience? Yeah, a good question for people are is to ask yourself what that end goal is, you know, to make sure that you have a real clear vision on what that dream lifestyle is. So you're not just doing whatever you're doing today, thinking that you're going to get to this random place. It's like having a destination without a game plan. So ask yourself, do I have a clear picture on where I'm trying to go? And I think that's really going to help you one, not feel like unfulfilled when you do reach a certain place and two, to make sure you wake up and you are amped and ready to go because you have that destination you're trying to get to. So ask yourself that. Yeah, I love that. Having a guiding North Star is absolutely critical. If people want to follow along with you on your journey, how can they get in touch? Yeah, so I'm at Mitch Pater, I think on most things. So Instagram, I'm really active there posting kind of like the day in the life of my life. And then Porchlight PG property group shortened there. It's kind of like our before and afters and like, you know, the projects we're working on. So those two Instagram and then YouTube, I have an account. I don't post like I should. And I'm not going to even say that I'm going to because I probably won't this year. <laughs> but Instagram, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for jumping on the show, Mitch. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me and uh, excited to follow along on your journey. and Both you guys, for sure. Appreciate it, man. All right. See you guys. Man, I loved hearing more about Mitch's full background. I didn't actually know how he originally got brought into becoming, you know, doing the photography and videography and all that. So I loved his opportunist attitude and really just when he sees an opportunity, he leans right into it and he's willing to just figure out how can I do this? Yeah, and for me, some of Mitch's mantras have really stuck with me over the years. The idea of being grateful but never satisfied, it's not the first time you're gonna have to hear me say it. And while you guys are waiting for the next episode, jump over to Facebook and join the London on Fire community and follow us on Instagram at On Fire Podcast. And make sure to tune in to the next On Fire Podcast to meet more people, hear their stories and learn from their mistakes. While you're waiting for the next episode, know what would be awesome? A five-star rating and written review. I don't care what platform it's on. I don't care what you say. All we need is that five-star rating and written review. Thanks for listening. This is Matt. And Kellen signing off. And until next episode, remember, being normal, buying stuff doesn't make you happy. And always remember what Zig Ziglar said. Lack of direction, not lack of time, is the problem. We all have 24-hour days.